Thank you very much for joining me today for episode number four. So, um, feels like a pretty long week. And this podcast number four is brought to you by all the wonderful things that have happened this week again. And the experiences that we all face and what we're going to talk about today and continuing our conversation from last week. It was a very wonderful episode three and really looking forward to just communicating and being part of this perspective together. So, it's good to be back again and I look forward to this. I actually really do look forward to putting another episode together and providing updates. But um, what you just heard was a recording that I have. It's of my grandparents. They used to have a song and dance group called TL Swingers out of Twin Lakes, New Mexico. And they've been doing it for decades. 2016, October of that year, my grandmother had um, left us. I use the word, I use the phrase left us because um, I still feel her abundance, existence, and all the things that she has left for me. And so I use the phrase, she left us um, that year. And when that happened, my Che stopped singing and he said he wouldn't sing ever again. And um, I just reflect back on all the good memories I've had of song and dance and growing up in song and dance and some of you were raised in that area as well. And real thankful to all the wonderful people that um, still participate in song and dance, carrying on the tradition. And um, I was raised in that in that tradition. And we would go everywhere for song and dance. I remember traveling across the reservation sometimes to different song and dance events, Tuba City, Chin Lee, Shiprock, a lot of them took place in Northern Agency. So we would always be on the road when I was younger and I used to jump in with my grandparents. <clears throat> but um, I can reflect back on a lot of good memories growing up in song and dance. And my grandparents used to host a number of them. Uh, and of course, used to enjoy seeing several families that participated. Chinle Swinging Echoes, Chinle Valley Boys, um, not on Inez, Travelers, Vanna and Roy at City from Shiprock. Um, and it was just wonderful. And Chinle Valley ladies, uh, there's just so many uh, individuals. And Sanasti Maiden. But there was just so many folks that um, have left us. They've... Um, passed on and you just can remember them through song and remember them through the good memories of song and dance <clears throat> so um that's just a small clip from a recording that i have stored thankful that um, my grandparents put their recordings together and i have those to take me back and to remember and reflect all those wonderful years growing up but um, today is June, June, today's July 1st. Today marks another month 
and we've passed that halfway point now. Now we're moving into the other half of the year and it's just going to get busy from here. And so this week was chaos. Fourth of July is this weekend or Tuesday. And um, there's so much going on. <clears throat> and of course, it's kind of odd when a holiday falls on a weekday, especially at the beginning of the week. It's harder to plan. Things are kind of out of place. Today's the first, so everybody was in Gallup. But um, it's good to be back. Uh, last night, uh, there was a graduation reception that we attended for Miss Ashley Yazzie and her, her mother, Sherilyn, invited us and we came out and enjoyed a wonderful evening and her mom had asked me to talk and be one of the speakers at the reception so I agreed and I um, talked about education, the importance of school but of course the importance of family and I had um, reflected on my upbringing and just told Ashley to never forget her parents, all of her family that had helped her to this point. And then from this point, moving forward from high school, it's really up to her and what she wants to do with her life and and always to give back. Give back to your family. Give back to your parents continuously because of everything that they have done for you. So I had made her a graduation gift. I finished a, a blue jersey ring and I presented that to Ashley and I told her, this is for you. I said, I, I don't know if you do this, but I was always raised in the way to when I used to get things like jewelry to mark the back and put the date of your accomplishment or put a, a notation stating what this was for. And so that's how you celebrate and remember good things that have happened in your life. But I also gave her a bracelet and I said, this bracelet, I made this bracelet so you can give this to your mom. I said, I don't know if you have done that yet. If you've, of course, you probably thank your parents, you thank your mom for, you know, providing for you. And that, and then now, after you graduated, the reception and everything, and preparing you to go off to get your higher education. But I gave her a bracelet and I said, This is for you to give to your mom because our moms are always important. Our moms are the center stone of our lives. And I want you to present this to your mom. And as an appreciation for helping you to this point in your life. So I also did that and it was a good evening. It was very wonderful and it was good to see Sherilyn um, win the Cotton Eye Joe. And um, it was fun. It was a wonderful evening. So thank you, Ashley and her family for inviting us and being a part of your accomplishments yesterday. Auto Aya, um, I'm going through a transitioning process of a diet and it is driving me crazy so I started um, keto and it's been very very interesting because I've entered this phase now is what they refer to as keto flu and it's um my energy's shifting from taking in all these carbs to now no carbs at all and it's driving me crazy there's there's a day when I was so confused because I guess I was getting a migraine and I kept seeing these ribbon rainbow lights in my vision and I kept figuring out what's wrong. I'm having a stroke. I'm having a heart attack. Something's going on. But that's what it was. It was a migraine coming on and they call it Aurora something. And it's these rainbow flashes of light. 
that you get before you get a migraine and then the rest of the evening was I just was very fatigued and it was a interesting transition so that's what I dealt with and I I knew that um if I'm determined to stick to this I'm gonna push forward and not let it discourage me in any way and stay on a good good path here so it's been about a week and um, we'll see how this goes. And of course, I'll keep you updated on that journey. But I wanted to um, reflect back on, you know, I always talk about my teachings, how I was raised, and where we're going to carry this conversation. And as we speak about life, I always reference the four directions. I talked about Sa'anagaybik Ehojon. I talked about Shabik Ego Sa'odoth. And last week we had a small conversation about um um or actually we talked about um the love of family and um where that you know is embedded in our everyday lives as the end and in as we before we go forward i I just want to briefly highlight you know, the four directions that we we look to that I've I've been taught in line with Shabak Eko Saudath and Hojongo Nashadole. And as we look to the east, Ha Achigo Eid Ayisi Hayot Kah Ado Dian Sahakes Holo and Ado Eya Ada Nsahakes Godole meaning that you're thinking for yourself and you're setting precedents for who you are in the beginning. Hayalkath, meaning the morning, the first light of the day, and this is sets the foundation for what you want to see happen based on the dawn and, and looking to the east for all that in case for the thinking. That's where the planning starts. And many of us start in that mindset to be on a good path, and that's where it starts from. So you know how you you don't you want to avoid sleeping in because you know how they say "bitlastido um, bitlasta," meaning that you're sleeping and then that you're you're comfortable and you don't want to get up, and you let the sun beat you getting up. So those are some of the teachings I wanted to again speak to and where we are at and moving forward having a good quality of life and as we reference that as meaning that I'm gonna I'm gonna live in this good harmony with myself meaning that you you want to have a high quality of life for yourself and and that's why I've taken these steps to rebalance myself in that mindset of you know eating right and it's really helped me think a lot better it's helped me have more energy it's real easy to go to the drive through at McDonald's or what have you because it's fast but when you take the time to prepare your meal um, you have a greater respect for yourself. And again, 
I don't stand on this soapbox saying that I'm like this and I'm like that because I'm not. And um, it's caught up with me. And it's taken recognition to understand that I need to correct myself in that manner. And that's what I'm doing. So that's why the keto phase has started. And I'm looking to reset my boundaries. Because I used to Gina. Living a healthy lifestyle is where I've been before and where I want to be and how I want to promote that wellness of life through my thinking and through my activeness within myself. So, I wanted to share that. I know we talked about what we were going to focus on today as far as artisans and our artisans um, are my main ambition in life I'm an artist myself and I at the beginning on episode one in the introduction I shared with you where I learned my art where I learned how to do beadwork where I learned how to do silversmithing and um, how I've combined the two mediums of work. And it's been over 10 years now since I've done art on a bigger level, on a higher scale. You know, by participating in some of these art shows that you have to get accepted into. There's this process called a jury process. And at, my, at the very beginning of my career in art... There were some very top artists that I used to look up to, and I still do to this day. And of course, it will always be my grandparents. The things that they created were phenomenal, and many folks have collected their work. And I'm very glad that I've learned that, and I do that, and that's what I do. And I I love making jewelry. And um, I'm glad that I picked it up and I took it on the path to to make all these creations that I think about, I dream about, and how I can turn it into a piece like a necklace, a contra belt. That process is so holistic for me. It starts sometimes as a drawing or sometimes it's just like a thought and then I think it through. And that I learn from my processes. Sometimes, at the very beginning, I had to redo a lot. I had to step back and rethink and start all over. Things didn't work out very well. So I would, ha- I would have to reset myself. And so um, I'm at that point now where I'm still consider myself a beginner. And I'm still learning techniques of cutting silver, of forming silver. My work is like more repose. So repose meaning it's stamped out with tools that allow it to have certain appeals to it, like curves, like bump outs, moon shapes, swirly shapes, teardrop shapes. The style that you see me create, I've I've um allowed myself to learn more about it. I have the tools to do it. I've learned that process from my Che 
And I also give a lot of credit to the late Ronald Cohn, who also taught me that process of repose. And when I first started making jewelry or learning how to work with silver, he um, he would show me and then he would tell me, try it, you try it now. And I, I, I met Ronald working at Nubarts and Crafts back when I first started. And he was one of the main silversmiths that worked for NACE. Uh, unfortunately, um, Ron had passed away several years ago. <clears throat> but um, uh, the style that I do now is really reflective of what he used to create. A lot of bump outs, a lot of moon shapes, teardrops. Kind of like the old style. And that's what I love. I love that look. And I think my Che appreciates that a lot because I've heard this from several folks, especially from my good friend Alistair and his dad made this comment that he hasn't attended some of these high-end art shows for some time, like the Indian market. And he recently returned and he noticed that it's very different. It's very contemporary and everyone's looking to accomplish the goal of winning innovation and so they're doing all sorts of things. And and I and I I see that. I see that we get awarded for innovation awards, for thinking outside the box. In those areas you see a lot of contemporary style. And I don't do a lot of that. I I really I probably don't at all. I like to do the old style bump out looks, the traditional making of beads, um, squash blossoms, tufa casting. But I really admire the work that a lot of our jewelers, our silversmiths, our artisans do. And it's so amazing to see the creativity of what a person can do and how it has innovated over the years. Uh, but of course, you know, going back to the roots of what Navajo jewelry used to look like and where it came from, and if you notice on the work that I create, I do a lot of work with um, bezels that are serrated. And I have some folks that tell me, you know, don't use serrated, use plain bezel or make plain bezels. And I, I do make bezels myself uh, when I have to, if I'm using a very nice quality stone and it costs a lot, I like to have a good setting for it. So I hand make I make the bezel from scratch and I would it would be plain. But um, I usually buy bezel and I use that on pieces that I make and you notice they're serrated. And that's where I learned, that's my foundation. To me, serrated bezels give it a more traditional old style look of what jewelry looked like when it started to evolve over the decades. And that's where I learned it. I learned it like that from my Che. And that's something I intend to continue to stick to as I move forward and get older and advance myself in the art. But I want to highlight some artists. And I want to, again, send my, my most, you know, whatever I can, appreciation for them. And th it's so hard to to define and get a simplified list. There, there could be several shows divided up on these artists, but I'm going to just talk about a few of them, a handful, and um, I'll, I'm going to do more because this is just like 
of the folks that I I want to talk about. So when I first started doing the bigger shows, I I started to see an artist by the name of Al Joe, Alfred Joe, and I used to um see his work and I used to see his pictures. And I I was always motivated by the ribbons he won. He won like Artist of the Year for the Indian Arts and Craft Association and all these other top awards in these art shows. And I've always admired Al Joe's presence, his character, and his his technique. And um, I'll, I'll never be at that level, but um, I admire it. And I, I'm motivated like folks like Al Joe. And um, I got to know him over the years. And he's actually my Che by clan. So Ashihin Aisha Che. And he's he's of Ashihin. And so I always call him my Che. He calls me Che. And I'm glad that we, we share that connection with each other. And I'm real thankful for Al and his um, his prestigious level of work of making jewelry, working with gold, working with silver. He does this technique called macrame, and it's with the beads. It's a Japanese technique of making metal beads with a combination, giving it a technique, a texture, and it's... It's um, paved the way of that style coming into Indian jewelry. And of course, like like him, they, they break through the boundaries of what traditional art is, what contemporary art is. How do you combine the two together and coming up with your ideas? So he brought that technique and um, it's amazing. So if you ever get a chance, look up Aljo. And um, I own a few of his pieces. I've been gifted a few of his pieces as well. I have this beautiful horse cuff that's uh, out of gold that was given to me for a, a gift one time for for accomplishment that I made. And it's, you know, a, a treasured item. But um, I really want to thank Al for being one of my role models in art. His son, Brian, I got to know Brian. Brian's born for Tkapaha, so I call Brian my brother, Shanai. And he's such a down-to-earth, amazing guy as well. And I own several of his pieces. And I you know, I gift them to my mom. And um, Brian has picked up the technique of bead making, of silversmithing from his dad. So he's carrying on that tradition, I'm, I'm pretty sure. His children will do the same too. And so I'm thankful for both Brian and Al for always, you know, being there. And Brian, you know, he, he'll he send me a message on Facebook. Sometimes he, he teases about nonsense things. Just kidding, Brian. But um, he also shares techniques. And that's very rare, sharing techniques. And I'm real thankful to Brian for that because he says... Hey, brother, you know you could do this. This is how you can do this. This is how you can make this happen. And if, you, and if you're having problems, just let me know. I can help you. So he describes techniques to me on how I can do certain things. And I find that very rare 
uh, among jewelers, among silversmiths. Um, I don't really feel a lot of sharing of techniques. And um, I could do more of that too myself. And I've actually offered a, a group of folks, if you want to learn how to do the basics of starting silversmithing, I need you to go buy an acetylene tank and a torch kit. <clears throat> I'll bring the rest and um, we'll get started. And I offered that about a month ago and I'm still waiting on them to get their acetylene tanks. I told them where to get it. And I told them where to buy a torch kit from and we can get started. So um, I'm real thankful to role models like Brian who are willing to share and and allow ideas to flow and to encourage you and say, that's a good, that's good. You did good. Good job. And uh, I have this comment that Al also made on a bracelet that I made one time. And he said, he was so impressed by a bracelet that I made. And he says, that looks old style. That is amazing. Keep it up. And I screenshot those and I saved them because it means a lot to hear that from jewelers who come a long way in their career and have reached high levels of accomplishments and to know that they recognize your work. So thank you to Al and Brian. I talked about Tanya last time. She won an award at the Idol Jorg for her purse. She sold a purse too, so even better. Uh, Tanya is another individual who sets the par and her work in cluster jewelry is amazing it's it's um flawless and it it's it's opened up an ideas of innovating the idea of cluster work combining different stones together combining druzy with you know natural stones like sleeping beauties combining coral and turquoise just all sorts of things spiny oysters and everyone has a Tanya June. Uh, it's like saying everybody owns uh, something from K's or something from um, De Beers or uh, Tiffany's. This is our version of, of that in, in native jewelry, Navajo jewelry. So TJR, uh, big shout out and recognition to her. And she sets the par. Like I said, I don't know if she's ever slept. Um, she seems to always be busy. And she's always said I work better at night. I don't get disturbed a lot. And that's true. I find that very true. I don't think I could ever do that though. I used to do it when I was younger. But um, I can't do that now. Because I work full time too. And it messes up with my feng shui of my scheduling. So hats off to Tanya for all the wonderful work that she does. I have a good friend, Ken Williams. Ken Williams is uh, from the Seneca Nation. He um, was one of the folks that was part of my beadwork foundation and actually shared techniques and beadwork. And when I first started, I met Ken back in college and I got to know him. He used to live in Santa Fe, he still lives in Santa Fe with his partner, um, Orlando Duji, Dugai. And um, he um, also is a great person has always been so welcoming and he loves coral, anything coral. The work that he has created as well in beadwork is phenomenal. Real thankful to Ken on setting the par of beadwork and accomplishing all those awards. 
being recognized by galleries, by publications. His work, uh, a lot of pictorial, a lot of combination of mediums between stones, between beads, the different style of beads is amazing. And um, again, Ken Williams um, is one of those folks that really has dived into the ideals of diverse arts in Native American art. Recently, within the, pa within the past decade, there's been a lot of movement by a change of art, a change of scenery. You have folks like um, Jamie Okuma, fully beaded purses, fully beaded boots, fully beaded heels from Louis Vuitton, fully beaded cradle boards, really opening and changing the perspective of what beadwork is or is about. And she's done phenomenal things. Her works, all museum quality, they all sit in museums. Really look up to uh, Jamie Okuma for the work that she has done. Her mom as well, Sandra. Amazing work and talent in the world of beadwork. And again, I cannot move on from this from this diverse the diverse arts or classification without recognizing Elias Not Afraid from the Crow Nation has really pushed the, the limits of beadwork as well. He does amazing things. He has really expanded what beadwork is about as well using different materials He's a big resource on dentelium. His his recent one of his recent master pieces of work that he did was a cradle board, a floral one, and it's it's actually part of the Met Gala now. So it sits in the in their museum. That is like goals. That is accomplishments in the world of art. Lauren Goodday, each one of us probably owns something from Lauren and meaning her print material. I don't think I can afford her beadwork, but um, she's expanded her work to do print. So she prints her beadwork on all this material and garments, purses, accessories, dresses, jackets, and she she has collections that come out. And it adds to the momentum of fashion. So Lauren's work and her fully beaded outfits are amazing. And um, I always look up to Lauren. I, I've actually known everybody from going way back to the powwow circle. And now seen them advance in the, in the art world. So big hats off to fashion for the industry for changing the momentum and making it good making it native. Uh, another uh, artist is Navajo, uh, Liz Wallace, out of Santa Fe as well. Liz does a lot of um, repose, not so much repose as the bump outs, but she does a lot of formations of her work. Um, butterflies is what I associate her with, and her butterfly shapes are of jewelry pieces are amazing, bracelets, rings, she even does um, like things like octopus out of silver. And it's amazing to see her work in a different area of what, what, what it is to be a silversmith and make these wonderful pieces.
Um, Jared Massey. Uh, I've known Jared for many years. And uh, Jared creates um, handmade sewing. He sews all these garments, apparel. And he's very known for his um, camp dresses. He's from the um, White Mountain Apache. And he makes these intricate camp dresses for his mom, his sisters. And he makes these shirts that he wears for himself, his brothers, relatives. And he can sew anything. He can sew anything at any time. He's also those art, one of those artists that never sleeps. Always on the go. Always busy. And um, wonderful talent altogether. I recently saw his line during the Herd Museum. There was a fashion show that was hosted by the Indian Center. And he was one of the featured designers. And he did um, a camp dress. He also did various shirts and evening wear. And it was amazing to see his applique style of um, ribbon work on a lot of these apparel items. So big kudos to Jared. And Jared's like the most traveled person too. Um, I think he's visited every state in the United States, if I'm not wrong. He's always somewhere. He he is busy. Talk about busy on the road. Um, he's the type of guy that, you know has a sewing machine there all the time and if you need something done he'll he'll knock it out within the evening so major talent and um you know how some of us have to kind of plan for it like okay gotta be in my right environment gotta make sure my feng shui is good in order for me to create but uh, jared i see jared he he'll be sewing in a hotel room uh, during INFR making another shirt for his sister to ride out in the arena in or I see him preparing before a powwow to finish a shirt for himself or somebody so hats off to Jared and um, Edna Yebini uh, is also another artist Navajo that I wanted to uh, highlight uh, Edna does cluster work as well he'll be in Indian Market this year and um, he does amazing work and he does cluster style. He does all sorts of mediums. He works with various types of stones and it's a uh, major clusters. I'm not, I'm nowhere near that level of expertise in cluster work. I'll never be, uh, I'm just not a cluster person. But when I think of cluster, uh, Edna is one of those folks that I think of. And his 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 uh, technique is very advanced. He finishes his work so fast as well, and he makes beautiful pieces uh, of cluster jewelry. So um, kudos to Edna. I he's at the beginning of his career, and I feel like um, he's gotten so far within such a short period of time. I look forward to what he's going to do uh, as he advances forward. I talked about um, a good friend, um, Ravis Henry, and he also does a lot of traditional style of jewelry. Um, he's based out of Chin Li, and um, he is a full-time park ranger as well. And um, he makes um, heavy gauge style of jewelry, um, bracelets, rings, earrings, um, very uh, old style stamping. 
wonderful pieces and um, I also follow uh, Mr. Henry's work and his creativity and he's also a, a traditionalist. I admired that a lot about him. His flow of processes for what he does is very instrumental in who we are as Navajo people. Naomi Glasses, we all know her. Um, some of us have seen her photos or paintings of her on skateboards. A very renowned weaver uh, out of Western Navajo. Her mom, Cynthia, her brother, they do amazing work. Um, again, hats off to Naomi for getting money and donating it to the Kienta Township, to the skate park there. I think $25,000. Artists doing good things. That's what it's all about. She has wonderful blanket weavings that she does, purses, um, phenomenal, a lot of recognition for her work. She's actually um, allowed her pieces to be reproduced in, in, in floor rugs that can be put in your home. I have several here. I have one at my office and um, allows you to have those things because, you know, we're not ready to put her handmade weaving on the on the floor ever. It's going to be on the wall. It's going to be in a museum, part of a personal collection. But this has allowed us to be able to do such. So um, a lot of recognition and thank you to Naomi for always being the most humble person in the world and the most decorative, de decorative too. I mean, homegirl is like always up to par in her, her Navajo fashion look. That is like role model status to be able to wear your floral skirts, your velveteens and always being traditional looking, the real Navajo look. And I admire that so much about Naomi. Um, wearing her beads all the time, her jewelry all the time. So hats off to Naomi. Um, you're people that I look up to, your mom, your brother, and keep up the good work. I have a good friend, Avis Charlie. Uh, Avis is a, um, she does a lot of paintings. She does drawings. Um, she does work um, uh, in a traditional mindset of um, drawing different pictorials uh, from her Navajo background and then also her other tribe. Um, I forget uh, Avis, your other tribe, but um, I met Avis through the art shows and we got to know each other. And um, she loves the dime jewelry that I make because I work with... Um, the old style coins, the, the mercury dimes. And so she always has this phrase like, that's just dime, meaning that's a good thing. That's that's hip, that's rad, that's cool. And I always think of that when I see Avis. And um, I don't see Avis as often as I, as I want because I don't really go to a lot of the art shows. I only go to two art shows a year. But when I, when I do and I see Avis, it's such a wonderful feeling to see her again and her doing awesome things. So um, Avis, thank you so much for your friendship and your beautiful work that you do. And um, please look her up as well. She's on all social media. Her her paintings, her drawings are very magnificent. They are wonderful pieces. And um, my goal is to get an Avis Charlie pretty soon. So I gotta find Avis, I think at Indemarket. Uh, another good friend of mine, Emil Hermini Horses. Uh, Emil is amazing. Emil is so humble as well. He's the type of artist that makes one piece per show, 
puts all his energy into his miniature doll pieces or whatever he makes. He beads on shoes as well. And Emil is a beater. He does a lot of bead work that's recognized by museums. It's collector status, very high end. Um, Emil's another person that I, that I look up to. And his creativity is very uh, linked to himself as a Lakota and the work that he does in art as well for the National Museum of the American Indian out of Washington, D.C. I admire Emil, his professional career, and also his career in art. So thank you, Emil, for being a wonderful person and always being welcoming to me and my mom. And my mom always looks forward to seeing Emil wherever we go. We only see him twice a year at the herd and at the Santa Fe Indian Market. Um, and I have a young artist um, who's just started within the past few years. He's my executive assistant, and his name's Roger Bial. He's out of um, Coyote Canyon, New Mexico. And Roger does paintings, he does drawings, and he does a lot of beadwork, and he does a lot of sewing. He does applique, and this is his first year at the Santa Fe Indian Market, and I'm so excited for him. I'm so glad that he applied for this show. What a way to start your career at the Indian Market in Santa Fe. And I'm so proud of Roger, and I look forward to seeing his creativity. He does amazing work. He does beadwork. Uh, he takes on orders for graduation caps. He does a lot of applique, ribbon skirts, uh, different style of skirts that he makes. He makes power regalia. Um, I started out like that too in my career in art. So um, it's good to see that. I'm real humbled by Roger's humility for life and creativity, his connection to, to his culture, his parents, his family. So um, Roger Bial, he can be found on all social media as well. Uh, the Parkers family, Mildred Parkers, her, her daughter, her son Floyd, they do amazing work as well. Silversmithing, Tufa casting. And um, I actually follow Floyd's work on Instagram. And amazing. He does um, a lot of Tufa casting work. Heavy Tufa, old style looking cuffs, bracelets, rings, what have you. And um, I've seen his work emerge over the years. And it's amazing to see. You can find him on Instagram. My walls are mostly decorated by Jonathan Curley pieces, a lot of hummingbirds, and I also have one bluebird painting from him. I have a, a horse paintings from him. Jonathan Curley's out of Shiprock, New Mexico. Also very well-known artist, very humble gentleman, him and his family. Um, Jonathan does a lot of pieces based off of hummingbirds. And that, that really um, attracted me to his work when I first seen him several years ago. And I have this huge painting from him that has a bunch of hummingbirds all over it. And I, I love it. It's one of my most treasured pieces that I have from Jonathan. A dear friend, Adrian Stevens, he celebrates his birthday today. Happy birthday, Adrian. Adrian and um, his partner, uh, Sean Snyder, they also do beadwork. They did um, this wonderful war shirt that was beaded last year and they won ribbons for that in the market. And they're going to be back again this year. 
So they do a lot of amazing things, beadwork pieces. Sean's an amazing um, bead artist. He he does a lot of floral designs. Um, Adrian also has picked up the technique and he does a lot of beadwork with Sean. And so what they create is amazing. Uh, please, you probably already know Adrian and Sean. Um, in the world of art and apparel and fashion, I really got to know Felix Earl with Earl Couture based out of Ganado, Arizona. Felix's work is cutting edge. When you remember Felix way back at the beginning of the 2000s when he started with his um, Earl Couture line, it was groundbreaking for us here on Navajo. You saw the skin tight apparel that was practically hand sewn on the models. You saw the heels that were like eight inches high. And then the hair, the hair was fixed even higher. And it was just this huge revolution of Navajo made apparel. It was, it wasn't Navajo. Well, yeah, it was Navajo made. It was Navajo made by Navajo. But um, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen it in that capacity. And if you didn't know who Felix Earl was and you saw photos of the, the models in those outfits that he had made, evening wear, ball gowns, whatever you want to call it, you would have thought it was in Paris you would have thought France. You would have thought high-end designers like Dolce & Gabbana, Louis Vuitton. You would have never thought Felix Earl. And he 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 shook a lot of um, comfort in the Navajo apparel uh, industry here on the reservation. And he did the local fashion shows. And it was just something to see. And he created this movement. And I always um, admire that about Felix. And um, he he still does. He still creates wonderful pieces, unique pieces, one-of-a-kind pieces. And um, I, I wonder if he's ever going to do one of those fashion shows that shook everybody again. But um, he does amazing work. And a lot of credit. Hats off to Felix for what he has, has done. One of my um, little children's barking away over there. I hope he's not picking on each other. Gilbert Nez Begay out of Eastern Navajo. Uh, Gilbert does um, weaving. He's a weaver. And um, he makes a lot of rug dresses. The bead. He also does purses. He does horse cinches. And he does saddle blankets. Uh, his work is amazing. He does a lot of natural dyeing with the wool, and his work is phenomenal. So please look up um, Gilbert Nez Begay, and um, I think he'll be back in Santa Fe this year. And Gilbert's also very laid back. He makes a certain amount, and he's good with that. Um, he'll You'll recognize Gilbert, all the beautiful necklaces that he wears, his cluster bracelets, his um, woven vests sometimes that he wears, the work that he makes really is an identity of who he is. And I think that's why um, 
I really look forward to his weavings. And we've owned several pieces. We've gifted several pieces of his work. And um, it's part of our collection as well. So Gilbert Nesbegay. The Touchens. <clears throat> Touchens Jewelry out of Church Rock, New Mexico. Angeline Touchen, Vanjie, her daughters, her late husband, <clears throat> Mr. Touchen, they do um, they do work with a lot of blue Sleeping Beauty stones or the prettiest red coral, and their work is very heavy, heavy gauged, heavy setting, very Navajo, very the look that started Navajo silversmithing. That's what touch and jewelry is about. My late grandmother, it was adorned in all of the touch and jewelry. Their squash blossoms, their concha belts, their cluster bracelets, but it wasn't like petite cluster that we're used to seeing. It was like the big chunky Sleeping Beauty stones and that was made into a cluster bracelet. Just magnificent. And I really look up to them as a as a model of a business and a, and a silversmith. And then the daughters carrying on the work and what they do. And again, touch and jewelry is kind of similar to, like I was saying about Tanya, like Tiffany's. It's a significant piece to own it's recognizable and it goes back generations uh, of their work Tristan Ghani Johnson I talked about him at one point previously he um, makes beautiful necklaces beautiful all styles I've owned several of his necklaces and um, they're amazing pieces the color combinations that he designs together is phenomenal. It looks like the morning sunrise and it looks like the evening sunset. Those colors that he combines together with turquoise, with all sorts of shells, spiny oysters, corals, white shells, what have you, they com he combines them in such this in such a way that the color flows perfectly and you can tell that's one of Tristan's pieces. A young man out of Eastern Navajo, Mr. Armin Antonio, he does paintings. This young man can paint anything. He can paint on anything too. I've seen him paint on even a beer bottle. I've seen him paint on a Blake's brown bag that you get your Burger combo in. I've seen him paint on napkins. He's starting his career. He's at the beginning. I look forward to seeing him grow. His work is amazing. He turns his paintings into real life. They, they look so real from where he draws them from. Sceneries, people. My favorite pieces from him are the Yeti pieces that I'm, I, I'm very fortunate to have purchased from him. Especially the grandmother pieces. He also has beaded, I'm not sorry, he's also has painted on money. He's even painted on checks that he got. And he's like, oh, I don't need to cash this. I'm going to, I'm going to paint on it. 
So very revolutionary in his work. And I admire Armin for who he is, the person he is, his style, his black hat, his all black apparel. You know that's Armin. And um, I, again, I look forward to everything that he's going to create here. Alessio Curley. I recently purchased a, or I recently ordered a chief blanket. And Alessio was a person that I had commissioned to make this piece. It took him one year to finish it. And now I'm going to order another one. But um, Alessio does wonderful weavings. He also is a gardener. So he has a huge cornfield in Shiprock. He also makes moccasins. So Alessio is one of those multi-talented artists here on Navajo. Always busy all the time. And that's those are the people I look, look up to. And I really thank Alessio for his weaving, his talent as a male weaver. Amazing pieces. Look up Alessio. Gary Custer, the man of tufa, the man of sand casting. His concha belts, his najas, everything is casted. And <clears throat> he adds different styles to them. Um, cannot go without recognizing a Gary Custer piece. All of his pieces, again, he's a... A well-known jeweler that's everywhere as well. All these art shows he travels to. Again, he's always busy. Him and Marlene, they always have things for sale. They're always somewhere. They're always traveling. And um, again, I also look up to Gary and his um, work ethic to staying busy. Lynn Benali, she's on Instagram. And Lynn does these very petite earrings <clears throat> she does hogans she does little sheep it's so rooted in her identity i love this so much and i see her always promoting her orders promoting her availability to to order for with her her inventory to what she has and lynn does stamping work it's a it's stamp work and um her work is like a little petite it's not bigger pieces but it's the everyday wear and it's what we see a lot of our our generations wearing now our younger generations so look up Lynn Benali she's on Instagram I recently ordered some moccasins from DD Willie uh, we're not related but she has a business called DD Willie designs on Instagram she makes moccasins the Kensai and the Kelche and I, I'm waiting for my order to come in. That should be in pretty soon. It took her about a month. Very um, wonderful work ethic. She ha had to pay in full at the beginning. And you know how some of us are not sure about that? But she was very, she had open communication that she's gonna start to order and whatnot. And then I got my, recently got my tracking, my tracking number for the package that's on its way over to me. So check her out, DD Willie Designs. Julian Chavez, um, he's out of my community, and Julian does um, heavy gauge stamping work. He does heavy gauge repose. He does a lot of stone setting. He does amazing cuffs. He does rings, earrings, contra belts, big heavy gauge jewelry is what Julian is known for. He'll be in Santa Fe as well. 
And I, again, Julian, you have to kind of catch him when he has inventory. Sometimes he has inventory. Sometimes he's always sold out. But um, his work is amazing as well. Uh, Ronald Chi. Ronald Chi, based out of California, our California Navajo. Um, he's a painter. His You have to take time to observe his work because he has to explain it to you. But his work is phenomenal. There's huge, there's a big story behind everything. And my most favorite from him is the missing and missing and murdered indigenous relatives that he made of this horse running. And it had um, newspaper clippings of certain folks that were missing. And it had this huge story behind it. And and it you just have to you have to take time to listen to him describe his pieces. Uh, and of course, um, we're a big collector of his work. Um, so Ronald Chi, um, you'll find him more at the bigger art shows. And he makes his way around Winderock sometime, but he's always on the road as well. Uh, he's on Instagram, on Facebook. Jared So, um, he does traditional pottery, Navajo style pottery. Um, phenomenal work. And Jared is so humble, and his pottery is amazing. I own a cup that he made out of the the old style of Navajo pottery making. I have this beautiful cup that I bought from him. He does pottery, and it's it's all done the traditional way: the clay, and the um, firing, and the outside, and the fire, everything. He recently won. Um, big recognition during this herd museum show back in March really looking forward to seeing him and what he's going to create for the Indian market this year Sam Woods and his wife Anne they own this company called their website is www.yodoja.com and that's www y o o d o o j a a dot com and their necklaces are amazing they're very high end i think uh and of course you will too once you see them uh corals turquoise everything natural and their work I give them a lot of credit for the construction of their necklaces. Very old style looking. It has the wrap on the back that and they work with sinew and it, it's amazing. So you got to you got to check it out for yourself. And um wonderful people as well. Um Sam is a very smart guy when it comes to energy. He could go on and on about that and that's how I know Sam. Um, and of course, this is his extracurricular activity. And they recently did the Autry show in Los Angeles. It was a big success for them. So check out their website. They're also on Instagram. They're also on Facebook. So those are some of the artists that I wanted to talk about today. Uh, I know we're going into over an hour of discussions and you're probably over this by now. I'm trying to keep this to 30 minutes. There's so much that we have to talk about. 
What's coming up? Coming up is the Navajo Nation Museum Outdoor Summer Arts Market. That's July 13th. Starts at 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Winderock. I will be there. I purchased a booth. So I look forward to seeing you. I'll have um, earrings, rings, necklaces, uh, maybe a concho belt, but I'll be set up over there. I am getting ready for Indian Market now. That is next month. So I'm on a countdown to get ready for Santa Fe, as many of our, my artist friends are also getting ready for. Uh, this year, the Navajo Nation Fair celebrates 75th anniversary. They're calling it the Navajo Pearl Anniversary. I kind of see it as highlighting Navajo artists. So I'll be um, looking forward to that. Um, renowned artists, upcoming artists, as well as legacy artists. And um, they're calling it Navajo Pearl. So as you know, Navajo Pearl are the Navajo silver beads that are made. And I'm um, looking forward to that coming up this year. But um, again, I appreciate all of you. I appreciate everything about our conversations. I look forward to more of dialogue with you. And I look forward to us uh, sharing our experiences. If there's anything you want me to discuss or talk about more, please let me know. Reach out to me through my social medias. This podcast is brought to you by all of the points of views from myself as an individual, as an artist. These views do not interact with my professional career or any associations I'm a part of. All of these feedback that you just heard and everything that I just brought up throughout this podcast is solely those of my own views. I appreciate every each and every one of you for participating and sharing my podcast and getting feedback from you. We just concluded episode four. I look forward again to more positive things as we move forward. So I look forward to more dialogue with you. With that being said,